Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good evening, dear listeners. Tonight, I welcome improv gurus and talented comedic actors Michael Harris and Zachary Brewster Geis. The co- this comedic duo actually comprises the funny bone breaking team known as the Siegfried Olsen Band. According to SiegfriedOlsen.squarespace.com, Mike and Zach hail from the Baltimore Washington Corridor, home of video games companies, uh, public transit that's really, really bad, ideologically opposed airports as well. Every Tuesday, they release a comedy sketch, short film, or music video on their YouTube channel, and they attempt to answer the question, screened by Swedish teeny boppers everywhere, where is Siegfried Olsen? Now, you can follow them on Twitter at Siegfried Olsen, that is O-L-S-S-O-N, and also at Facebook, that is S-I-E-G-R-F-R-I-E-D. O-L-S-S-O-N Band Siegfried Olsen Band Yes indeed Now Mike Harris actually teaches classes At the uh, Baltimore Improv Group Which you can find at www.bigimprov.org So let me go ahead and bring Mike and Zach on the air Good evening gentlemen Hey William Thank you for having us yeah, hey, well, all right. Uh, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, buddy. All right, welcome to the program. All right, all right. Before we even get started, you know, I've seen several episodes. I just laughed so hard, but you know, I just have one profound question for you guys, and that is, where is Siegfried? <laughs> Somewhere in Sweden, William. That's all we know. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, um. So, Mike, let's talk a little bit about uh, how Siegfried Olsen, how it all got started. Oh, sure. Um, well, uh, Zach, actually, we know each other um, from uh, – we both are alums, and actually now uh, we both teach at the same uh, acting conservatory, the National Conservatory of Dramatic Arts in D.C., and so that's where we met originally. And then a couple years ago, um, I just – really i really you know kind of desperately wanted to start producing some sketches and things that i've been writing and working on didn't really have a medium to do it and so i was looking for somebody who i knew would be funny who i knew could act and also who i knew uh had some experience doing their own writing and probably most importantly uh actually knew something about editing and uh, creating something that was visually interesting because um, that was where I was really lacking. And that checked all those boxes. So, and we were buddies. And so I, I asked him if he would, wanted to try to put some stuff up. And uh, he said, sure. And, you know, last year we did about, I don't know, half a dozen or so, uh, several very, uh, what turned out to be very non prophetic uh, political sketches <laughs> uh, in terms of what actually happened. Um, and then we, you know, we're working on the second season. We just about finished, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So that's how it happened. Yeah, man, it's just funny. I mean, the election stuff and everything. So now, Zach, uh, you got these names here: Skull, Peter Banger, and uh, was it Mornig? 
Olaf Staller or oldest daughter or whatever it is. So, like, I detected a, a bit of a, this is Spinal Tap. I mean, was that, that part of the inspiration? Uh, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, like, um, uh, the, the, the concept of the Siegfried Olsen band is like this, this band where the lead singer never showed up because he was always, um, uh, he was always, uh, you know, like doing good works and everything was, was, uh, something that, that I had kicking around for a while. And, uh, I mentioned it to Mike actually as just like as a possible, you know, sketch idea. And he was like, you know, that's, that's actually a good name. Let's just call the, let's just call ourselves that. And so well, that's how that came along. Okay. Yeah. I think we got a little bit of interference back there. Is somebody working out? Is that Siegfried back there? Oh no! Sorry. Can you can you still hear us? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I, there's some kind of sound back there. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah, right. yeah. I didn't hear anything, but okay. Fantastic. Onward, so number. Mike. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. So now, um, so Mike, why have you why have you been focused on improv? It seems like you're more imp- focused on improv in your career as opposed to acting. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, that has to do with, uh, you know, producers make decisions for you, William. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got to go where 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 people will allow you to go. Um, I'm so yeah. I mean, I've been fortunate that uh, I've been able to, you know, be the artistic director at Baltimore Improv Group for the last about seven eight years, and perform and have that as an outlet. Um, it is a little tricky. Um, I'm an member of Actors' Equity, and so there are only so many opportunities uh, in Baltimore, and so I don't get to work maybe quite as much as I'd like, although, funny, uh, I'm about to start rehearsals uh, for Fiddler on the Roof in about a week, so odd timing. You're you're generally right. I haven't been on the stage as much, but I will be on the stage uh, starting in uh, about the second week of December. Okay, you know Zach. I mean, you're you're just an amazing actor to watch. I remember seeing you at uh, what was it, Greenbelt Arts Center, a couple of times. I know um, what was it, uh, Amadeus. I mean, just amazing, and you're just so dramatic. So now, what's attracting you to this this comedy? I mean, you're just like the ultimate straight man. Um, well, uh, a lot of a lot of people who have hired me might might be surprised to hear that because actually most of what I do. <laughs> It is comedy. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I like I just I just uh, got finished with uh, playing Charles Coteau in Assassins with Palace Theater Collective. That's like a purely comedic role for that for that show. And um, and uh, you know when I'm when I'm up at uh, uh, Baltimore Shakespeare Factory, I played Bottom in Midsummer there, as well as at WSC Avant Bart. So I, I've been I've been doing comedy for for a long time. What you know what I haven't been doing is like writing my own comedy, and um, I'm very grateful to to, to Mike for uh, helping me out with that and allowing me to, uh, to to explore some of that stuff. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So now, Mike, what's your favorite form of improv, long or short? I really love them. I, I love them both. I guess. Uh, depends on who you're playing with. Generally speaking, short form, um, for those that aren't familiar with it, is more like uh, the games you see on Whose Mind Is It Anyway, uh, is a lot more crowd-pleasing, typically. 
And so there's a there's a joy and a fun in that. You know that you're really going to do something the audience is going to love. Um, but there's some people who I perform with who I have a lot of experience performing with. Um, and the most fun you have is like just doing a long set. To me, like the most fun in the world is to try to do like a 30 or 40 minute set, really just play two characters, don't really change the setting of the scene, and see if you can still create a compelling and funny uh, and touching story for the audience. So that's like from the selfish actor side, that's probably more fun. But from the what I think the audience digs and from just getting laughs, yeah, short form is the way to go. Yeah, how about you, Zach? So, like, I have I haven't done improv in a long time, but I always loved um, like when uh, I had a uh, I had a improv troupe way back in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, and we would just love to do the uh, the long stuff. We we uh, went up to the Chicago Improv Festival uh, way back when, and we just uh, we we didn't we weren't part of the main stage or anything, but you know we went up there we did the uh, you know the thing, the, the open mic improv essentially, and we uh, we did we did a uh, long form thing that we thought lasted maybe 30 seconds, but in fact took up the entire amount of time we're given because you know all the adrenaline and everything going. But um, yeah, I really do love that, and I love watching it too. Actually, I remember um, uh, a while back, uh, Mike uh, and uh, I forget who you, I, who your partner is was with uh, Evan the Loyal Mike. Oh yeah, Prescott. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's um, Im- improvising in Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they did it. They did a thing um, at uh, at the National Conservatory of Dramatic Arts, and I actually ran the lights for them on that, and uh, and improvising lights with uh, with Mike and, and Prescott was just a, a wonderful and crazy experience. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So. Um... Mike, uh, let's, yes. let's dig into the, the history of improv a little bit. So explain okay. to our listeners uh, what the Herald is. Okay, so the Herald. Uh, so first of all, it's named after a guy named Harold. Uh, it's named after a guy <laughs> It was created by a guy named Del Close, who was sort of a guru to um, a lot of like uh, people you, you associate with Second City. You go back even as far as like, you know, John Belushi, Bill Murray, Gilda Radner, people like that, as well as all the way up to like Tina Fey and more modern people. Um, the basic idea of the Herald, and it became sort of the basic format for all long form is, in the Herald, you get information from the audience, and then basically you do three sets of scenes, three sets typically of three scenes. So there's a 1A, 2A, 3A, and then 1B, and then 1C. Uh, and basically what you do is you establish those three scenes in the first beat are all different takes on the same theme. So, you know, if the theme was banana, one guy might be about a guy named banana, one might be set in a banana plantation, and one might be a guy who's addicted to banana splits or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then as you come back to each bit or each scene again, you're exploring what next, like what's happened in that interim because you go through these scenes and then between the scenes you play a game of sometimes. Sometimes it's just a simple a little group thing, um, make a picture kind of a uh, simple thing like that. Sometimes it might be a full-on short-form game. It really depends on the format. And the idea is that by the time you get this, basically you use those first scenes to generate ideas and themes 
and that by the end, in an ideal world, by the time you get to that third round of revisiting the scenes, the scenes have kind of come together or coalesced in some way. Maybe, you know, it turns out that the woman in the first banana scene is the mother of the guy in the third banana scene or whatever um, might yeah. happen. Um, so that's, you know, that's like the 90-second version of what it is. But it was really the first long-form, kind of codified long-form format and it's still to this day almost what regardless there's like you know there's dozens and dozens of different long form formats but most of them revolve around this idea of initial scenes develop themes callback stuff at the end try to tie it all together yeah that, that so there amazing. you go for everybody who wanted to hear a herald speech there it is <laughs> there you go herald speech that was very well said you know, man, when you were talking this there, Mike, it just made me think about uh, some of those funny skits. I was laughing so hard just now I was crying. I couldn't even, like, I was just so, like, you had the one sketch, the F bit, and then the Christie, uh, was it, uh, the governor of New Jersey, uh, Christie? Oh, uh, Christie, uh, and, yeah. and it was like, it was like the golem. And that kind yeah. of ties yeah. into what you just said. You take... A very mundane thing. It's almost like idea sex. You take idea A and idea B, they have sex, mm-hmm. and it's like idea C. It's like it's just amazing. I could kind of see that thread in a lot of those sketches, which just makes it the juxtaposition was just so funny, man. It was just like that's really the core improv. It's, it's just like wow. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and I would say the thing is, it's, it's all about you know, improv is all about saying yes and saying yes. I mean, agreeing yeah. with other people's ideas, supporting each other's ideas, and the notion that yeah. my favorite improv cliche is, you know, when you step on stage, don't bring a cathedral, bring a brick, and then you build together. And so much of what we've got at the Sigrid Olson Channel, it's not, it's not like it really. It is. Zach and Mike wrote both of these. Like some of these, like the the F bit idea was Zach's. He brought that in, and it was great. I loved it, the idea. Um, and then other sketches have been more my ideas. Some things I write out, some things he writes out. Um, but then what really makes it come together is the decisions that are made when you've got edits and how it's shaped and adding music. So it's this very collaborative process, and that's where the really funny stuff. Um, really comes together. Um, it's, it becomes more than your original idea when you're willing to build with somebody and even take you know suggestions from the actors of yeah. things that you can do to maybe bump That's it up right. a little bit. And and like right. Mike that, and I each have 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 uh, certain strengths, right? Like you can usually tell uh, where the sketch began. Like if um, if a sketch sort of seems like it started in a, in a filmic kind of way, then it, then it probably started with me. On the other hand, um, you can usually tell something started with Mike because it's funny. <laughs> it's Zach, Zach shoots himself down sometimes. He's got really funny ideas. It's, it's I'm uh, Zach is a very precise with his comedy. Like he gets like, this is the idea or this is the joke or this is the thing. Right. I'm like a shotgun. I can tell. I'm a shotgun. I'm just going to throw, <laughs> I'm going to throw everything up there, you know, and as long as a high enough percentage of it is funny, then, you know, we can ignore the stuff that's not funny slash is offensive. <laughs> right. So. That's so funny. Like the Warren Harding thing. And then Zach, I wanted to talk about like uh, the presidential debate one. You had uh, Tamika Chavez was there. 
I think I yep. saw one with uh, Kristen Stefanski. So talk about uh, your casting. How do you find these wonderful actors? Well, um, a, lo- a lot of it, uh, honestly, is is uh, is just you know people I meet um, while I'm while I'm working, and I know the same is true for Mike, who I just think, oh, this person is a lot of fun to work with, and I want to work with with them again. Um, and so, you know, after a while, you, you develop a network, and um, I mean, a lot of it is just a very, very, uh, you know, cheap channel, and a lot of it is people who I know are willing to work for uh, <clears throat> free. Uh, what we, but, yes, what we can afford. That's right. What we can afford. <laughs> mm. um, and uh, and and so mostly, it's just knowing people who are a fun to be around, b dependable, and c have some modicum of comedic timing because, after all, we are trying to do comedy here. But that's really all it comes down to. Yeah. That's great. Hmm. I think we still have some interference back there. I don't know what's going on there. So, um, so Mike, um, let's talk about big. you got some big things coming up at uh, Baltimore Improv. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big things happen at big. We do. We do. Um, well, I guess the biggest news is uh, we moved to a new theater. Um, it's called the Big Theater because we're very creative, and uh, it's on uh, <laughs> North Charles in Baltimore, which is actually uh, it's the old Everyman space for those that were familiar with Everyman before they moved to that palace they've got uh, downtown now uh, in Baltimore, and it's great. It's a wonderful. It's easily the most roomy you know space that we have, and we're doing more shows than we've ever done. So basically. We've got shows every Tuesday night and every Thursday through Sunday night, multiple shows on the weekend, typically, especially Friday and Saturday, and we're working on getting to where there'll be seven nights of shows a week. That's the ultimate goal, Um, but there's a ton going on, lots of classes, lots of other good stuff, but basically, if people want to come in and get really cheap, fun laughs, uh, that's the place to do it, and uh, some of the stuff that you see on the Siegfried Olsen channel, um, that's started with things that happened on stage in big or a character or a moment that then gets taken and expanded out and uh, then it gets translated to this other format. Amazing. Amazing. So now, Zach, let's talk about the, the episodes. So about how long, I noticed a lot, a lot of them are about seven minutes. How long does it take you to film them? So usually we're able to do, um, at, at the very least, we do one in uh, a day, so like, you know, eight hours or so. When we're really feeling um, strong, we've done, I think, as many as, what, four or five in, in uh, that amount of time? Shooting um, uh, three, maybe. It, I don't know if we've ever shot that, but three for sure. Three for sure, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we run a very, very quick uh, quick set. Um, we, we, we don't... We don't allow ourselves to get precious with the takes. You know, if, if I see something and it's, it's, it's almost always me behind the camera, although we, we do have one coming up next week, which is uh, directed by um, Doug Wilder. Um, we, it, it, as soon as I see something I like, I'm like, okay, good. That, I print it and uh, we'll print it and, and we'll take it. I'll take it to, the, to, the, to my computer and edit it and uh, so on. The turnaround, the turnaround uh, of editing is actually the harder part than the shooting in in a lot of ways because that's where oh, that's yeah. where the magic happens. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now Mike, talk about uh 
some ways that you use improv school improv skills in everyday life? Oh, sure. Yes. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing uh, when you go back again to the the most fundamental idea in improvisation is uh, agreement that you're going to meet the other person where they are. And rather than trying to force someone into a pattern or into a behavior that they're not naturally going to, you're going to meet them where they are and interact with them on that basis. Now, it doesn't mean you don't keep your point of view. It doesn't mean that you don't uh, stay true to what you think or what you need or what you feel, but you're certainly going to react to what they are actually saying and doing and thinking, not what you wish they were or hope they would. And so where it becomes really, I think, powerful, and again, it's like, and I would, again, I keep pointing back to the, you know, the, the sketches that we, we do, because it really is about putting your own ego aside and saying, if somebody else has an idea, like, for example, we have one of them, it's a, a sizzle reel for a out-of-shape telenovela actor, called Ricardo yeah, Real on the channel. And that was originally a much longer onstage monologue. And then Zach really tightened it up into a much shorter and, frankly, more effective uh, sketch. And if my ego was saying, but I wrote all these lines and it's important and you didn't even say... Mike, you there? Yeah, you still there? Hello. I'm still here. I can still. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we really tighten it up there for you. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Now, and so basically, <laughs> we tighten day. things up for you. <laughs> got it. I got it. You cut me close. Um. Well, thanks for the shave. And that's and there's another improv thing, right? <laughs> I'm talking too much. You guys say, "Hey, Mike, this is better if we don't there talk you as go. much." <laughs> and there you go. You go with it, right? That's life. That's right. So, Zach, so talk about some ways you use uh, improv skills in everyday life. So, I mean, um, Mike covered a lot of it, but um, I'll tell you, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a father, and I actually have been known to use improv techniques to get my children to go to school in the morning. And uh, there's nothing <laughs> quite like just trying to be silly to get them out of their out of their whatever funk and get them awake to get them out the door, uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, as any of the, the parents in the audience could attest, uh, is not always easy. But uh, yeah, so I've, I've, I've used a lot of I've used a lot of that sort of thing. Nice, nice. All right. So uh, we're going to get into uh, philosophical land and you, you guys should be uh, comfortable with this. So, Michael, start with you. <laughs> sure. Why so not? what? What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to your younger self starting out as an actor? Well, you know, I'll say the uh, two things. One is, assuming I, I have, I can send back all the wisdom and everything, I probably would have said, Mike, uh, go to Chicago. Go to Chicago, mm. or go to New York, or go to L.A., uh, probably especially Chicago, Um I was kind of standoffish. I didn't get. I was in improv in college, and then I really didn't get back into it until I was in my 30s uh, in Baltimore. And it probably would have been a wiser path for me to start down the road that way. Um, and the other thing I would say is, and I honestly, I would say this to any young 
person who's thinking about being an actor is um, get some training, but get some training that you can afford and that's reasonable. Um, yes, you absolutely need training. This is a skill. It's a teachable, learnable skill. Um, but you need to find something that's not ridiculous because it's not – this isn't like being a doctor. Um, there's no guarantee of what financial benefits will be on the other side of it. So it's insane that you know, there are people that are going $150,000 in debt to go to an MFA program. Um, you know, Sure, you might end up a star. You might end up working in a card shop um, and paying off mm-hmm. ridiculous amounts of debt. Um, so that would be the number one thing is find reasonably priced training and then just go do it. Go do – don't get precious about what it is. If you do it and you're serious about it and you seek out people who know more than you do, you'll get better. Yeah, Zach, how about you? Uh, well, I, I mean, William, I, I only turned 22 yesterday, so I, I just oh. – I'm not sure how much longer I can be. Uh, no. So um, to, to get serious for a second, when I got out of college, um, I basically had convinced myself that I wasn't going to be an actor. So I just sort of tried to do like tech theater and stuff like that. And so if I, if I were to go back and tell myself uh, anything, I'd say, Zach, you idiot. You're not a lighting designer. You are an actor, so at least give it a try. Now, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I did do some, some acting when I was younger. Um, and I, I majored in acting and so on and so forth. But I really didn't start pursuing it professionally only since, like, um, 2012. Um, you know, I was doing community theater and such. But, you know, I just think of how much time I lost by not allowing myself to be confident in my own abilities. And, you know, I would, I would probably also add what, add what Mike told himself get some training because I thought I thought I was ready for it right out of college. Oh my lord, was I not. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you got to be be prepared and be uh educated. Yeah, so this is a, a very deep question I'll throw out to both of you uh So do you so I'll start with you Mike. Uh, do you think that improv can be used to treat things like anxiety and mood disorders and things like that? Um, let me go farther than that. I, I, I don't just think that I know it. Um, I've taught, I taught a class for seven weeks um, for a group of people who have that they were literally, they, they literally have to do like three, three times a week they were coming in to do massive group sessions to deal with this very crippling anxiety. These are, these are not people who get worried a little bit. These are people who um, literally, it's making it impossible for them to live their lives. Um, mm. And um, I taught them a seven-week class. At the end of the class, the students, they did a performance in front of friends and family, so a public performance, and it was not any different than what I do with any other group of students. Um, now, that doesn't mean that that magically fixed all their anxiety problems, but certainly this is a group of people that you would not have thought could go on stage and have people look at them and perform. Um, but by focusing on things that you – I mean that's the beauty of improv, right? It, it focuses on things that you can do, things that anyone can do. It's not magic. It's not – you know. and it's, I think it's true of acting to a certain extent too. I mean there are some things that are ineffable about acting, why we like certain people or whatever, or why certain actors move us more than others. But big picture, it's a trainable skill. It's a thing you can learn how to do, 
And then, yeah, so, yeah, I would say absolutely it, it is useful. And, again, I, not to speak uh, out of school, but, like, my, I mean, in my own home, you know, there's um, we, there's some mental illness issues in, with members of my family, and it is mm. one of the things that I use um, to try to help me, you know, be patient with them and help me be good and supportive uh, with them. It's one of the things that helps me do that. Yeah, I don't think I have anything at all to add to that, Will. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, there's a reason I'm the writer and then uh, Zach's the editor. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I, talk, I talk too much and then Zach comes in and goes, yeah, you're talking too much. Let me show you. Here's exactly, just, say this, just say this part here. That's the part. There you go. Okay, Zach, so if you're more of the writer and the visionary uh, and the director, so where where do you where can you see Siegfried Olsen in the next say two to three years? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, I'm I'm really hoping, and I th- I think Mike is is as well that we can eventually build up enough of a of a fan base that you know we could do like um, a fringe show or or a show on the road and and not have an embarrassingly small number of people come to it, you know. And uh, and we'd also like to, you know, maybe take some of the folks who have been in a lot of our sketches and make make us uh, make it so that we can use them on a more regular basis and pay them a bit more mm-hmm. closer to what they deserve. Um, because I mean, it's it's tough out there, and we all want to look out for uh, for everybody who we who we uh, enjoy working with. So I mean, that's that's where I see it. What about what about you, Mike? No, I think yeah, Zach said it. I mean, oh, I mean, of course that, and of course, uh, utter domination of all internet platforms. Um, oh yeah, well, I mean, that goes two to three years. <laughs> that was a given. Um, yeah, I, like Zach said, it really is. Yes, it's just a matter of we we want more people to see the stuff, figure out ways to maybe put it out a little bit more, and if we could get you know some of the people. I mean, these are our, it's the nice thing about doing it yourself is you get to pick people like Zach said, your friends, people you care about. And if we can give them a little bit more opportunity to be seen and put out a little bit more fun material, then, you know, great. Then, you know, anything that comes beyond that is, you know, that's the gravy. Absolutely. Okay, gentlemen, so we're getting near the end here. So, um, Mike, why don't you go ahead and, like, just reiterate all those wonderful websites and social media platforms and anything else. All right. So it's Siegfried Olson, uh, and it's O-L-S-S-O-N. Band, uh, Siegfried, S I E G F R I E D. Um, best place to go is probably the YouTube channel first. It'll get you the most direct access to the videos. Um, but we're also, you can search us on Twitter, we're on Facebook, you know, all the normal stuff. But the videos are the place to go. And uh, by all means, subscribe. And honestly, if you go and you check out the videos and you do like, find them funny the best gift you can give to us or really to anybody that you find on the internet that you like that you think is doing good work is to share it is just to send it along to people you know hey i saw this this is really funny check this out um because then we're not hassling strangers (laughs) um but also um it's it's the way people find out about things and you know uh, and and get connected to it so yeah so that's that's it Siegfried olsen band check us out there you go. Okay, well, uh, Zach, Mike, it's just been a been a pleasure. Uh, definitely going to have you on again, and I'm, I'm going to keep watching the show too. Excellent. Oh, thank do. you. Thank yeah. Thank you, William. Fantastic. Okay, guys. 
All right. Uh, good night and God bless. Good night, William. Thank you. Good night, okay. man. Thanks. All right. Okay. Okay. All right, folks out there in Radio Land. I want to thank you for listening and remember to advance your career every single day and Galeg night. Under the dark you pacify me Hold my Take me down, I won't fight Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my dance Makes a sound no one can find I never met anyone like you Like a sin when you're beside me.